All right, so Incredibles 2 talk time. This is why you clicked on the podcast. I'm entirely sure um, if, if it is. <laughs> let, it, let us know on the Discord server or send me an email at falconpaladin at gmail.com with the subject of why I listened to the podcast this week and tell us. I would really like Could to you know. Could you five minutes without plugging your own stuff? Hey, do you just want to shoot him a subscription on YouTube as well? That'd be great. Maybe follow him on Twitter. I never ask anybody to sub on me on YouTube. Or Twitter. What do you want about? <laughs> we... we anyway calling for two seconds and all of a sudden it's hey send me an email yeah. or join me on discord god two seconds nothing we've been recording this podcast for upwards of 40 minutes at this point <laughs> you don't know that this might be the very start <laughs> <laughs> time and space have no meaning <laughs> <laughs> pretty much <sighs> right anyway so i saw the incredibles 2 with my family last week uh wade went and saw it i assume by himself no with my brother actually yeah and then oh, good we bought well we walked into the theater and it turns out they're renovating it so it was like there was there's like an atrium when you walk in where like you buy the tickets and stuff right yeah but i would say like 70 percent of that was just blocked off and had been like stripped away like no carpet and stuff so it was like oh hmm. there's like one queue to the tickets and the popcorn and so we stopped and had a look at the stand that they have there and now i have a little han solo bobblehead because no way oh i'm so jealous i want a han solo bobblehead well i mean it's great i like it but it's like the pop cap okay. ones so yeah so it's not a bobblehead it's a pop cap no it's a bobblehead i shake it I, I tap it on the head and it bobbles it bobbles okay i guess i only ever see them in boxes mm. so i didn't know i didn't know it was gonna bobble when i bought it but i'm glad it does because bobbleheads are better than just regular statues i guess mm. yeah. okay mm. yeah i mean that's fair i only ever see them in boxes because i have a lot of co-workers that have a bunch and they are to a pop cap still in the box mm. stacked up on people's desks I took mine out of the box while we were at the yep. uh, cinema, waiting for the movie to start. My brother goes, you're not supposed to take them out of the box. And I go, oh, there we go. Yeah. Yep. But you did. I did. It's cool. Mm. I can live with it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Incredibles 2. Uh, so my initial thoughts are, one, I liked it a lot. It was really exciting. It was a lot of fun. There were times that I laughed uproariously. I still feel like Incredibles 1 is the better film. and It is. Okay. All right. I'm glad you're on the same page with me on that. Just in the sense that I kind of feel like Incredibles 1 is tight. It's tightly written. You have conversations that mean something the whole time. You have uh, conflicts that rise in conversation. Um, you have things that are resolved in conversation. You have anytime somebody's talking to somebody else, it feels like it means something. And Incredibles 2 just feels loose and sprawly. And like, we're just going to spend some time in the living room. And stuff's going to happen. And it might not have any bearing on the movie as a whole, but here is the family. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely feels you like agree? that. Yeah. It's like, oh, right. Dash is playing with the remote that controls the house, and now Bob is falling into the floor because apparently you would also put the floor in where the couch goes. That just doesn't make any sense. No, it's, it was poor design made because it's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. It didn't need to be there. Could easily cut that. Okay. Yeah. Well, and the whole. I Okay. Don't get me wrong. I laughed a lot at Jack-Jack and his powers and his adventures yeah. and things. I did, but I didn't. I don't know that I enjoyed it on a movie-going level. Because, number one, he has every power known to supers, which mm-hmm. is boring. Yeah. Any hero, I don't care how old the hero is, how beloved they are, if they have all the powers, like Superman, boring. Boring. And two, it's just like, okay, is this a toddler? Is this an infant? Is How old is Jack-Jack? Because sometimes he's crawling around and sometimes he's walking on his two feet extremely stably and while looking a lollipop and hanging out with Edna Mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, I couldn't get a grasp on him. He's nothing but hilarious and didn't really have anything to do necessarily in the film. Yeah. I don't know. Did I, he? 
Not really. Yeah, like I'm trying to think. Did he? What? I may have forgotten things. It has been a few days, <laughs> and uh, my brain is not what other people's are. But did he do anything? The entire reason he needs to have powers is so that he can remove the goggles from <gasps> Elastigirl, and then she. That's right. Yeah. Okay. That's like the only thing he does, and I uh, I think Violet goes like pew pew when he shoots the bird guy with the laser eyes, because apparently he can respond to commands now. Involving his powers. Correct. Yeah. You hold him and shoot him like a gun. Yes. He is an object to be manipulated. After he stayed overnight for one night at Edna's. Is it Edna? Correct. Yeah. Okay. I'd forgotten that he took the glasses off Elastigirl. So he does kind of set off the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, he does allow the good guys to win. But he could have done that if he was a regular baby too. He didn't use... Did he use his powers to knock them off or just kind of like paw them off? No. He uses like telekinesis. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. All right. So it is telekinesis. So it is one of his powers. I don't think I could name all of his powers if I was like to sit down with a piece of paper and try to write them down. He has so many. I couldn't. Um, I did enjoy Violet. Mm. I really enjoyed that she made the transition to like straight up teenager on screen and just like all of the drama and all of the angst and the insecurity and the anger and the wanting to fit in, but also wanting to be your own person. And oh, I was good. Mm. I liked all of it. Violet's great. I really liked her in this. I really like you know how there's like a joke or setup there's a setup and then a joke and you know it's coming and this is the diner yeah. scene at Happy Platter when Oh he, my gosh. Yes. It's like I know that's coming, I know it's coming, still fantastic. When she absolutely blows that water <laughs> out of her nose, both nostrils as hard as she can, I died. <laughs> oh my gosh. I laughed so hard. And then it's not an the, the realism, right? The realism of the Incredibles. It's not like she's okay. She's still like her eyes are tearing up and her nose is running and she can't even look at the poor boy. Mm. And that's that's what I like about the Incredibles. It's cartoon, it's animated, but it has a sense of realism that most cartoons don't have. It's fantastic. Mm. Oh, so dang hilarious. And then I really enjoyed too, Mr. Incredible, having the realization that, okay, I'm, I need to fix this. And then being like, you know what? I can't. <laughs> I can't fix this. This needs to work out on its own. And he left it alone. As a dad, I found that quite appropriate because it's true. There are some things you can fix, but especially as your kids get older, there's just, you kind of have to throw them out of the nest and let them figure it out on their own. How many dates of your kids have you broken up? Uh, seven. Seven. Mm-hmm. I call bullshit. But not through memory wipes. <laughs> None through getting the government to wipe their mind? Hmm, suspicious. Uh, None that they remember, at least. <laughs> well, yes, exactly. I did kind of like they explored that a little bit, too. Like, we showed you this mind wipe thing before. Didn't really go into how it worked or the extent of it. But I just liked that they admitted, yeah, it's an inexact science. Sometimes we wipe out more than we intend to. But what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> so dangerous. It is such dangerous technology. Mm. Okay, so the main villain, uh, the screen slaver. Screen slaver. Yeah. Can I? Was uh, it only me? But did that feel like really obvious who it was gonna be? Uh, yeah. My wife leaned over like in the second scene with the sister and was like, "It's her." And I was like, "Yeah." Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. I. Just... It's kind of a weird thing. Both Incredibles movies have supervillains with kind of weird motivations a little bit. Okay. The motivation for Syndrome's a little strange, right? Because he's already yes. a billionaire. Like, why does he need to do anything? Because he's proving a philosophical point. Like, that just because humans don't have powers like supers doesn't mean they're any lesser. Which is not true, but he's stirred 
trying to make that anyway. I, don't mm. know. I liked Syndrome. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I like him as a villain. Yeah. And he's he's threatening enough. But I just his motivations were like, okay, I guess. But she was just non-convincing. She was like, okay, yeah. she's the, you know, kind of aloof tech genius who might also yes. have insomnia Super at some genius. point. Like, it, I guess it kind of makes sense when she's, like, doing all the screenslaver stuff behind the scenes and trying to... Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, she could have just been tired because, yeah, she's supposed to, like, create the stuff for a public company at the same time, do the screenslaver stuff on, on her off hours, and sure, why not? But especially the moment where Elastigirl is tracing the radio transmission, right? She's, like, swinging through the city, looking to see where this is coming from. And then she's like, this is a closed circuit. Maybe I'm mixing up my scenes. But there's a time where she's like, how's somebody hijacking the signal? It's a closed circuit camera. That that happens after. Because they're reviewing the, the footage. And she goes, huh. Yeah. He had a screen with my suit cam on it. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. And she goes, someone might have hacked it. And she goes, right. So at that point, either sister is incompetent, somebody's able to easily hack into her closed circuit camera system, or it's her. Yeah. Or Those are the options. Yeah. <laughs> and they never gave us a reason to think that she's incompetent. Yeah. Okay. When Laskill had her hand under the door and was undoing the locks at the pseudo... Like all eight of them? Yeah, all yeah. eight of them. I nearly didn't see that the screensaver, like the the four guy she had controlled, was standing there. The pizza guy. Yeah, the pizza guy. Was standing there on the other side of the door watching her do it. I nearly missed that, and then it freaked me out. I totally missed that. Is he... What? He's standing there just barely visible in the shadows. Like, just staring at the door? Just staring at her hand, reaching up at the door and undoing oh, the locks. Oh, that's not terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's terrifying. It was. Also, how the crap is Pizza Guy able to fight that well with Elastigirl? He's pizza... He's literally somebody that came to deliver the pizza, and she turned him into a fog patsy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe um, he doesn't eat a lot okay. of pizza. <laughs> well, no, you could be in shape. It doesn't mean you're capable of going hand to hand with a freaking superhero. Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm on your side. Don't okay. Worry. All right, good. <laughs> I just, I don't know. That was weird. I mean, maybe if there had been a level of you can brainwash people matrix style and download Kung Fu into their brains and maybe. make them do what you want them to do. Okay. But they never really talked about that. Mm, that would make sense. Okay. Yeah, it would just an, I know Kung Fu moment. Cause otherwise like either make it like a Navy seal that you brainwashed. Okay. Mm. Um, or make him get his butt kicked by a last girl. And it's not even a close fight. Cause why not? Like screen slaver does not portray himself as a master of physical combat. He's a tech genius who has a political message. He's trying to get out to the masses. Why would he be able to fight Elastigirl at all? It really should have been a thing where he kind of tries to hit her over the head with a phone or something, and then she takes him down. Mm. I don't think him being an elite combat whatever added anything to the story. It didn't have to happen. No, it didn't. He absolutely could have just been a schlub, and nobody would have questioned it. Mm. No would have been like, huh, that's weird. Why wasn't he able to stand up to fighting Elastigirl hand-to-hand? Nobody would have asked that question. I'm just trying to think if there's a better way to do it. It, it needs to be convincing that this guy is the screenslaver when he gets thrown in prison. But I was wondering, why not at that point have, like, multiple people be screenslaver? Just be like, have four or five people gang up on it, and then the fight becomes much more convincing. Because yeah. you then realize it's not one person, and you don't know who you can trust. Yeah, I think that's a better idea. Mm. Should have done that. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, other comments I had... Dash didn't have a lot to do in this movie. Was he in this movie? He was because he was learning decimals and stuff. Uh, and right, right. he called the Incredible using the remote, which was something that did matter for the plot. I mean, he can um, literally run on water. 
So it wouldn't have mattered if they didn't have the boat. Well, no, but what about everybody else? He can't carry... Well, maybe he could. In the first movie, Elastigirl becomes a boat and he becomes the motor, basically. Yeah. Uh-huh. Why not have yep. Violet make a boat-shaped force field? Can she make a hollow force field? I thought it's always a circle. Well, I mean, you can make a... She, she can make a half sphere. As long as it's contact with the ground, I don't think it can be open to the air. I think they have to be closed. I'm pretty sure that the force fields she generates have to be closed. They can't be open to the air. No, I think I saw one that was open in the movie. Because also at the start, when they're facing the Underminer, she does throw two of them to break up some rocks. Oh, that's true. Okay, fair enough. So she... I don't know. Can she hold it long enough um, for him to propel them across the water? Yeah, sure. Okay. Her powers are getting stronger. She's had three months of practice. She'll be fine. Three months. Oh, that, that, that's the difference between the end of Incredibles 1 and the start of Incredibles 2. Yes. I just don't think it's enough time to really improve your skills that much. But hey, they're fake. They can do whatever they want. Exactly. They are fictional. Did Bob's face look weird to you? No. I mean, only because he was getting progressively more tired and stressed. Sure. But even when he's healthy, they just... It's, it's like rounder in Incredibles 1. Um, he's got a pretty like angular nose for sure, but everything else is pretty round shaped, even when he gets back into shape, right? Right. In Incredibles 1. But Incredibles 2, Bob Parr, just like is really angular. Hmm. I'm like, it was kind of weirding me out. Okay. I think, actually looking at it here, I think it's mostly the nose. Like in Incredibles 2, the nose goes all the way up. Like it's it goes really straight up to long. his forehead, yeah. <laughs> yes, whereas in Incredibles 1, he's got a long nose, but it ends somewhere like between his eyes. And I mean, it's it seems like a small change. I get it. I'm it's just but it was enough that it was distracting me during the movie and I was like, "Why did they mess with Bob's face? It's not that long <laughs> in the future. He hasn't aged at all." Okay, so I found a photo of him talking to the old lady, and his yeah. nose is like very thin and then widens up and splits the eyebrows. Hmm. Right, and in Incredibles 2, it just goes straight up. It doesn't widen yeah. or thin anywhere. Maybe that's all it is. Again, it's not huge, obviously, but it was just enough where I was like, what did they, why did they? Yeah, I mean, it looks weird. Okay, good. Same page. Bob looks weird. Something I was confused about, which is how at the end Ooh. of Incredibles 1, did they not realize Jack-Jack has powers? Because they were confused about that in the start of this one. They were, like, surprised and happy. Oh, yeah. Well, all they ever... Okay, they got the voicemails from the babysitter that Jack-Jack was... Really weird stuff was going on. Yeah, that he has special needs. Uh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love her. Carrie, the babysitter, is so great. I'm sorry her mind got wiped. Um, And then... Uh, Syndrome has Jack-Jack, but they're like way up in the sky. The rocket's shooting them in the sky. They can't see anything. Mm, yes. So when he uses his powers to get himself away from Syndrome, he's a baby by the time Elastigirl catches him. That's true. So I don't think they know what happened. I think they're like, well, thank goodness Syndrome dropped the baby because otherwise we'd never get him back. Right, but they have to assume don't know what happened something there. happened. He just flies up and then drops the baby. Oops, I slipped and dropped the baby. Isn't he, like, standing on a rocket? It's not exactly sure footing up there. Maybe he stumbled and he just lost no, he, him. I don't know. he's using his rocket boots that he uses for the entire oh, movie oh. very proficiently. That's what it is. He's flying up. Hmm. And then Jack-Jack turns into, like, the demon baby and rips one of them off. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay, that's what happens. Mm. I'm misremembering. But also, you mean to tell me Jack-Jack doesn't use any of his powers for the next three months? I guess not. Hmm. I guess he got it all out that night. He's like, whoa, that, that was tiring. Mm. And Can't do that again for a while. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. If he's started manifesting powers that night, then there's no reason there'd be a huge gap. Fair enough. Yeah. Jack-Jack, you weird. Fair Yes. Also, is Jack Jack a real name? Do people call their kids Jack Jack in America? Jack Jack. I mean, they do now. <laughs> right? <laughs> Hang on. You can do a search. I'm going to do a search for Jack Jack, the baby name under Baby Center, and see when it started to be used. Apparently, yeah. I mean, it was three babies per million named jack jack prior to 2004 mm. it jumps up to nine babies per million okay. and then goes back down again over time so i mean it, it apparently according to this it existed prior to the incredibles but which is fine i'm okay with that yeah i just don't like seeing babies being named weird things like they got right. the kids got two first names for no reason people are just gonna shorten it to jack when he grows up anyway Probably. Yeah, it's a very baby name. Oh, JJ, maybe. Oh. Ooh, yeah. That does sound more adult, for sure. Uh, also, I, I did like the portrayal of the home life for The Incredibles. Um, I thought when Elastigirl went off and did her thing and Bob was single parenting it, I thought they did a good job. It wasn't like, ho, ho, look at this inept male figure trying to take care of children. Like, he could do it. Yeah. It was just hard. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that. It was, again, a realistic portrayal of what it's like to try to be a single parent to three kids, one of whom has 18 special powers. Yes. Okay, that part wasn't probably realistic, but the rest of it was. <laughs> yeah, I really like that it's like he struggles to understand how this, how uh, Dash does his homework, and then he just puts in the yep. effort a bit, and then he's like, all right, now yeah. I can help you. It's like, yes. Yeah, that scene where he can't sleep, so he just like pours himself a cup of coffee and I'm going to learn this stupid thing, and then does, is so nice. It's a great scene. And then I love the follow-up where Dash is like, we're behind. We're behind. I thought we were caught up. We were caught up. And now there's more stuff. And I was like, oh, that's so true. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so true with my kids' homework. Because I thought we knew the eight times tables. We do. Now we need to know the nine times tables. (laughs) (sighs) Never ends. No. Well, it does eventually. It does eventually, but not for a very, very long time. Do you know your nine times tables? I sure do. I'm not going to recite them. <laughs> I thought Lucius needed more... Okay, he had a lot to do. He was really useful in a lot of the major fights in the film, mm-hmm. um, especially in the final one where he was pretty much the final piece that kept the boat from slamming into the office building. Furzone proves that he is, once again, the most valuable super in the entire universe, yes. Pretty much, yes. I just... I kind of wanted some personal development for Furzone. <laughs> a little bit. You weren't happy with him like yelling back at his wife, like, you better be back here soon. Nah, yeah, you, that was it. Yeah, that was literally it. You weren't that happy was, with that? That was all they gave us. And uh, I mean, I guess there was the scene where it was like, dang, Bob, your kid does have a lot of powers. And Bob's like, I know, right? And that was it. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah. Maybe he should do yeah. his own movie. Maybe. Ooh, I'd watch a Frozone spinoff. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. He just seems to have the least angst. Like, sure, his wife's not totally on board with his hero duties. But other than that, I kind of feel like he's got stuff together. Mm. Yeah, that's the difference between him and Bob or Elastigirl. 
is he didn't have kids. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't complicate things. But I mean, he didn't really even seem to be that bothered that superheroing was illegal. He didn't really get super involved in the fight to make it legal again. He's just like, whatever. I'll do my thing. Not going to worry about it. Yeah. I mean, he, he pretty much stayed out of it until Alaska had made it legal, which I think was the idea. Yeah. 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 He didn't have a problem doing that, which is, I don't know, that's what I'm saying. I thought Elastigirl's portrayal was pretty good. Yeah. Um, Just of a mom kind of trying to get her career back on track while kind of feeling guilty about being away from the kids and just kind of the, the struggle that that is mm. in a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I guess they're supers now, but they still need to <laughs> buy a house, don't they? They can't live at Watsi's Place's house forever. I mean, he didn't use it. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, that's true, but... Supers are now illegal. Uh, not illegal. Illegal again. One of them's got to go back to work. And Bob explicitly said, go do it so I can do it better. That's true. And now that was the thing, right? The whole plan was to make it legal so that Bob could do Mr. Incredible again. That's what he wants to do. Yeah, that's what he wants. And he wants his kids to have that choice. But someone's still got to go yes. to work and make money. They can't live for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I get the feeling that Mr. Incredible wants to go back to work, and so does Elastigirl. I can't see Elastigirl being going, being like, all right, job's done, superheroing is legal again, and now I'm never doing it again. Yeah. Like, I can't. I mean, you can contract work this, right? Like, you don't have a nine-to-five job as a superhero. It's like, hey, if you need us, call us, and then we have a going rate. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right? No, that's terrible. What if you can't pay for a superhero, and then you get stabbed? Like, that's not nice. The city... No, 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 no. The cities pay. Government pays oh. for the work that's done because it's for the public good. So you call 911 and then they yeah. call a superhero. Yes. And then the supers are paid, like, per rescue or there's, like, a sliding scale of how much peril the city's in. And I mean, why not just give them salary? And be like, you're on the clock always. I know, but that's weird. Like, what if they stamp out everything and there's nothing to do, and then you're just chucking hundreds of thousand dollars at these guys? That starts getting weird. That's your nuclear deterrent, then. Yeah, it's worth it, probably. Hmm. I'm just saying, I don't think anybody needs to be out of the house nine to five. I think it can be a thing where they're both co-parenting, they're both available, they both know how to do it at this point. And then whichever job is better suited for whatever's needed, one of them goes out. Hmm. Or they get a babysitter and do a team up. Like it, I don't know. I don't see how this is a problem. Mm. I I think if I was gonna no, never mind. Um, I win. No, yes. no, no. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I'll come back to you next week. I'll have reasons for why this won't work. There's no way but, two people in a relationship can both have jobs. No, that just to oh, be to be ridiculous. <laughs> Shut up, Wade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm saying, yes, they did not resolve the, okay, now Mr. Incredible wants to work, but what if they both want to work all the time? Then how does that, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's how it's going to be. I don't no. think that's how it is. I think they'll work something out. Right, right. Um, Edna Mode was wonderful, as usual. I did love that she was like, I don't do babies. And then she totally fell in love with Jack-Jack, which was adorable. Mm. And is apparently able to um, train him overnight. Correct. She's amazing. Mm. She has a superpower that just nobody ever talks about. She's unbelievable, is what that is. <laughs> yeah. She has superpower of competence. Extreme competence. That's not Does competence. whatever she puts her mind to. It's not competence. That's, I can magically train a superhero who doesn't have control of their many abilities overnight. Literally overnight. Uh, okay. What did she train him to do? 
fire on command. Okay, otherwise, the rest of the stuff that she did was just trying to make it easier she, to, she told him to walk. keep him under control or, or find him. Nah, he was walking already. No, he was crawling. A couple... No, he does both. I think... I'm pretty sure he walks before he meets Edna. And not in like a walking, walking way, but... Overnight, he became able to recognize what an... Like a retinal scanner. Recognize what that Correct. is and know when to use it. Yeah. Kids those age know how iPads work, man. You can figure out a retinal scanner. iPad, eye scanner, not the same thing. Yeah, the iPad's a lot more complicated. Mm. Hey, we're walking over this way like we've done 15 times already. Edna's gonna hold me up. I need to hold my eyes open for half a second. That does not seem really hard for a toddler to do. He was... And the handprint, like, I think overnight you walk into that room once and then she gets to work. I don't think he's going in and out of there. Is there a diaper changing station in there? Well, I mean, why not? They have flamethrowers. <laughs> because they're not the same thing. Oh, so now you realize <laughs> things aren't the same thing. That's great. <laughs> He still turns into Monster Baby. He still disappears into the fourth dimension. He still shoots laser eyes. He still sneezes himself into the ceiling. His Nothing has changed about his behavior. They can track him better when he's in the fourth dimension. And there is a fire suppressant thing built into his suit. No, I feel like he's much more well-behaved. Uh, everything mm -hmm. after that. I mean, he fights a raccoon for the honor of his family before he meets Edna, so... <laughs> that is true. That is a great fight, though. <laughs> I'm surprised the raccoon kept coming back for more. <laughs> it's like, dude, you are dodging lasers that are shearing through hard metal. At this point, you run, man. You're not winning this fight. Go find a different garbage can. Yeah. <laughs> You're a wild animal. You have a survival instinct. Stop coming back for more. Is that the raccoon from over the hedge by any chance? <laughs> That's just what I was thinking the whole time I was like, dude, at some point you're going to die These lasers are not messing around Just get out of there Yeah, stubborn raccoon Alright, uh, anything else? Anything else? Anything else? Um, was that, that was uh, the voice actor For the brother Oh, um Is, um Character actor Bob Odenkirk Thank you, jeez Struggling, yeah, that's him Hmm I don't think Bob Odenkirk works as super rich billionaire guy. Bob Odenkirk is a wonderfully talented actor. He's done a lot of stuff that I've loved, but I just don't see him playing billionaire heir to a huge technology company sales guy. Mm. It doesn't work for me, and it didn't work for me. I thought it was fine. He's like he's friendly, but he's more everyman. I've never seen him in a role where he's like rich and powerful it didn't make any sense the way and plus the way they drew him was very smooth and the hair was slicked back and the suit was tailored perfectly and it's just like i don't think i've ever seen bob odenkirk wear a perfectly tailored suit in anything i've ever seen him in it just goes against type i don't think it was a good casting choice isn't he in mad men no, no. odenkirk oh no i'm thinking of no. his um medical soul in, like breaking bad Yes. Yeah. Yes. He wears, Where he's Saul he wears and he's suit. an everyman. He, he does, but it's not, it doesn't fit well. The point is, he's he's a schlub. He looks like a schlub. He dresses like a schlub. He's an incredibly gifted attorney, but he does not give off the slick, super polished appearance of it. I swear I've seen him in something where I, I thought he was like that. Wayne's World 2, maybe? Okay. Uh, Wayne's World 2? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I ever saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Neither did I. Um, 
Also, was he in Wayne's World too, or are you making that up? No, no, you're making that up. <laughs> it was his, it's his first credit on uh, Wikipedia. He plays concert nerd. Concert mm. nerd. That's amazing. <laughs> that is a good first role. Mm. Yeah, no, I. Oh, you're right. That is his first movie credit. Yeah, I don't know. I, I found it believable. I was like, okay, okay, I recognize the the voice from somewhere, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. certainly gives off an air of he's rich. So. You know. Okay. Yeah. I just I got more of an air of friendliness and relatability than extreme wealth, and I think those are different things. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I I think he was definitely trying to be friendly in pretty much all of his scenes. Uh, not even trying though. There's a difference, right? A rich person trying to be friendly with somebody else, you can tell. But I just felt like there was an extreme sincerity to this guy that he really likes other people and really wants to help them out and really wants the supers back, not because they're cool, but because they can help humanity. Like there's a sincerity to him that just doesn't fit billionaire tech guy. Maybe. I now know where I recognize him from. He plays Arthur Hobbs in How I Met Your Mother. Is that, a, is that a big part on that show? He has eight episodes. Eight of the 103? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, it'd be way more than 103. Uh, 208. Oh, true. <laughs> Whew. Yeah, double that. It, it's a minor role, but he plays a very rich corporate lawyer. Oh, okay. And is it, like, again, a smooth, hair-slicked back, no, he, cool he, lawyer? They call him um, Artillery Arthur. Because he, uh-huh. he's likely to just go off at any moment and you don't know where he's going to hit. He plays a very okay. angry guy. Okay. See? There you go. There you go. Fair enough. Uh, motorcycle train chase scene was amazing. That was pretty good. Like, as far as action action set pieces, so good. Thumbs up. Two thumbs up. I really liked seeing all the... um. This is how Alaska would get around a city. If she had to. Yes. Because you don't, you yeah. kind of see that in the first one and it's very little, but this is her like, okay, I have a motorbike and I need to get up onto a train, like a hover rail cart track. Let's go. Well, it was really fun. Yeah. It kind of Spider-Man's it too from time to time. Yeah. Oh, the other supers. I did want to talk about them. Okay. So the one guy who is an owl that like regurgitates magma. Uh, Reflux. Yeah. Reflux. He was reminding me of somebody so much yeah me um, too. I, I have no idea who i figured it out yesterday it's old mermaid man from spongebob i mean that photo makes him look like aquaman yes i think that was intentional for the spongebob thing okay yeah all right i see that yeah and again that was weirding me out um what i think i liked about it most though was that it showed that the other supers weren't um right they didn't have super heroic personalities hmm. it's not like somehow being born with a superpower makes you into someone who can like speak to a crowd or someone who can hold their own hmm. um just with sheer force of will you know what i mean the way I thought, except for uh, the reflex dude, because he's old. It, the way I got the feeling I got from all the other superheroes when they get introduced is that these are people who grew up as supers, but were born after the super ban. So they could never use their powers in public. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So basically, they were born into a world that told them that what made them special was bad. They kind of so like kind of screwed them up. Slightly older version of Dash and Violet. Okay, that makes sense. Because, like, uh, Portal Girl was definitely just so nervous to meet Elastigirl and never really felt super confident in her powers. And that makes sense if she's never really been told that she can use them until now, literally. Yeah. 
Except her fight with that would be weird. Violet is so great. Yeah, it is. She's got portal gun powers. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, good thinking with portals. That was great. Good job. She was good. She was good with it. Yep. And then like, <laughs> I loved the moment with the crusher guy where he crushes the pipes. Can you uncrush And then this? he gets un... <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm like, is that seems like a reasonable request. And then he comes back with, has anybody ever asked you to unsmash something <laughs> or unpunch something? <laughs> It's great. Crusher. He crushes things. It was good. Yeah. So I had a good time. My kids thought it was the greatest movie they've seen in a long time. So that counts for a lot. That's good. That's good. They get Christmas presents this year, though. They do. Uh, Positively reinforcing their opinions, (laughs) which I've been told is a great parenting technique. Sure. All right, we've gone way over what I thought we were going to do for this thing. Holy smokes. Why did I Why did I assume it'd be 20 minutes? That's so stupid. <laughs> oh, I said 15. I think sh- I said 15 <laughs> minutes. You said 15. I might need to release these two as like standalone, like part one and part two of episode 51. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Do that. Uh, yeah, Incredible Sue, thumbs up from me. You should definitely go see it. Definitely worth the 8 to $12 you're going to pay to see it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I saw it for free and I think it was worth it. <laughs> Wow. Hey. That just ruins the whole system. No, I made a deal with my brother. He pays for the movie. I buy dinner. Oh, no, that's fair then. So it was worth the price of dinner for two people then. Well, it uh, turns out I didn't have any money, so I couldn't buy dinner either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wade. Oh, Wade. <laughs> it, Taking advantage of your brother like that. No, 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 no. The next time we go see a movie, I'll just buy everything. I'll make sure I have money. Deal. Deal. That's how so it, it was worth the future dollars you'll have to spend mm-hmm. he also bought my han solo okay. uh, bobblehead like, like i said i had no money yeah way to go lance what a good brother lance is yeah and i'm not just saying that because he follows me on twitter <laughs> <laughs> oh there's something we need to talk about okay this sunday at 8 p.m australian is the okay. somacron cup oh ah, okay yeah so OSC Esports have a like a community team game a thing. I can't remember precisely what it is. Where I donated fifty dollars to support their tournament, one of their tournaments, and then they, in return, like that was the like reward tier, like Kickstarter or whatever, that they would hold a one-off tournament in my name. That's cool. Yes. Okay. Yes. So please sign up. I want great players to play for my name. I don't know. I don't know what 8 p.m. Eastern is in Australian time. What is wrong with you? Oh, uh, that's easy. It's about six hours from now. Holy middle of the 4 a.m. Hot dang. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to cast? I think I can swing that. Uh, gross. Maybe the Europeans are in? European time zone seems to make more sense. Mm, maybe. That's the time they wanted to host it, so I'm, I'm cool with that. Got it. Is it is it an open? Anybody can play from I, anywhere? I believe so, yeah. Hmm. Mm. Is there a prize pool? It's $50. Oh, okay. That is fun. All right. Well, uh, if you're listening to the podcast and you want to sign up, please sign up. Is there like a place? Is it on Challenge or something? Challenge, yes. Okay. So you put a link in the show notes. Yep. Fantastical. All right, cool. I'll put that in announcements in the Discord too. We're done. All right. Cool.
<laughs> you went all ro- you're a robot at the moment. You're a robot. <laughs> oh, wait. You were, you were roboting there. Yeah. Hold on. Try that again. <laughs> Still roboting. Still robot. <laughs> <laughs> Still super uh, robot. I'm, I'm going to end the call and come back in. Hold on. <laughs>